Hey everyone, how are you doing today? I um, hope you're enjoying the radio. That's something that we're trying new this week. Uh, the mist has been sorting out for us. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty good, I think. Um, I think some of the team are listening to that on a 24-7 basis by the looks of it, so maybe it's getting into their heads. But uh, yeah, it's really good to see everyone on this uh, You Heard Week 26. I'll just do a quick round table, hand off to everyone else. Yeah, no, love us some lo-fi radio. Uh, yeah, hey everyone, happy Friday. Good to see you all. All right, Swally, thanks for joining. Hey, happy Friday, guys. I don't know about you, but I am ready for the weekend. Oh, guys, nice to see you. Yeah, I think that was everyone. Okay. Um, I feel like a lot of pressure now from that radio. It feels like I need to be really entertaining uh, and talk like a radio DJ. But um, yeah, I think the plan this week is to firstly give a quick update again on, on the V3. Uh, but the main topic is going to be Era 3 and what's coming after launch um, for Wyxis and dropping a little bit of alpha, I think, during the call too. And also planning to announce the winners of the, of the Halloween contest that went on this week. Um, so yeah, if that sounds good, um, I'll plow on with the V3 update. So uh, Monday we shared um, a quick note on the two issues that had been slowing us up. Um, the first was about uh, a big large patch that we've been doing for the harvest and the strategies. Um, and we were writing extra unit tests for that just to make sure that the patch was more robust. Uh, that's been done now. Uh, the second issue was uh, getting the rewards and the emissions to behave correctly uh, between the different vaults and uh, the gauges, of course. So we were able to mint rewards just to the Axis vaults, but not to the others. Uh, and we were diving through the various contracts and deployments to understand just why exactly that was happening. Um, so just today, we've now got the emissions to work uh, across the different vaults uh, on the latest deployment. So we're just confirming that works for different user types as well. Uh, and then hopefully now we can tick that box and move on. So yeah, that's a, a big relief. Um, the curves, it's, it's, been, it's taken like a little bit of time because um, the curve contracts that we're using are all written in Viper and we use, use Solidity of course. So to test each new deployment takes quite a long time due to just the time required to compile Viper. Um, so that's why it takes a little bit of time to, to test each new deployment uh, to see if it works. Um, in the meantime, though, we've been using uh, the last week or so to input more into the V3 on the front end. Um, so both the new design refresh and adding some niceties around the boosting and distribution functions, uh, things that were going to come after launch, but we're using this time to squeeze in as much as we can um, to make sure that it's done effectively. Um, yeah, I mean, on things like launch dates, uh, you know, people are asking across Discord and on Telegram all the time. Um, you know, we got a lot, of, a lot of pushback saying or asking us not to put hard dates on in case they were missed. And now we're getting lots of demands for hard dates. So it's like a, it's not a, it's a win, it's not a win-win situation. So um, for us as a team, we're just plugging on and we'll launch as soon as we can. Whether that is Sunday, Monday or Tuesday, it doesn't really matter on the exact day. Um, it's real close to happening. So we do do the, the testing for a reason and it's not a guarantee that things are going to go perfectly. So if something does pop up, we have to, of course, uh, address that issue and that makes uh, an effect onto the timeline, um, which, which we've done. So we're, we're almost there. So that's the, the V3 launch update. Um, I'll just hand over to Big Papi, who's going to go through some of the Era 3 and, and DAO stuff.
Yeah, thanks, Bobby. Um, good update on, on V3. Uh, so, so what I'm going to be talking about is a little bit more focused on the community. Um, and I want to emphasize that these are things that by and large are being done, you know, by us moderators, um, definitely not drawing from the, the core team. We don't want to distract them, right? So these are fun things that we're, we're working on the side, uh, especially going into to, to V3, um, some new things that we want to introduce uh, to Y-axis. Uh, first, let me say for the game night this past week, it was a lot of fun. Um, I hope that more of you guys can come in and uh, join me. In, uh, uh, I was the imposter a few times. I feel bad. I had to kill a few of you, um, but I hope we're still friends. Um, other thing is if you look in the uh, herd channel uh, by now, you probably saw a video called uh, Y-Axis NFT World. So I'm just going to talk for a second about what this is. Um, one of the things that we're talking about for Y-Axis is is looking at the big picture, you know, where, where's the, the, the crypto community going um, beyond just DeFi, right? Of course, we want to hit a home run. We want to have a industry-leading DeFi project. But we also want to think big picture, um, what really is of interest? What's really hot right now? And that is NFTs. Um, NFTs are here to stay. They're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and one of the interesting projects out there is something called NFT Worlds, which uh, if you looked at the video, uh, basically it's 10,000 worlds minted on Ethereum. They live on the blockchain. Changes you make to those worlds are reflected in that NFT. Um, and slowly they're, they're rolling out more and more features. It's very interesting. And if you, if you start dipping your toes into NFTs, you start dipping your toe into uh, the metaverse stuff, which if you follow the Facebook news is kind of a really hot topic in uh, not just in the crypto world, but in the larger um, IT industry. Um, so what this gives us the ability to do some things that, that, that we're looking at, and you'll see highlighted in that video that we posted. Um, for example, it could be a, a DAO meeting room. Um, it could be that you integrate smart contract interactions. So we would give tokens to certain users, you know, in some capacity, and that will allow you to interact with a smart contract in some way. Um, community residences. I put a picture inside the video of uh, one of many residences that we would like to award to um, uh, uh, members of the of the DAO and members of the community in the future. And then also the community game nights and all kinds of other fun stuff, right? You know, we're thinking long term that this is where we could really carve out a very interesting little uh, uh, NFT community for ourselves within the project that could also integrate into the smart contract. Um, so that's something that we thought was pretty interesting that you guys might be interested in. That's definitely a V3, uh, post-V3 rollout. Multiplayer is not quite released. That's coming in a few weeks, uh, according to their project lead. Um, so it's definitely a work in progress. But once we get to that point, we'll be um, excited to start inviting you guys into the world and even start recruiting maybe if someone has a particular skill set and they want to help us continue to build it out. Um, you know, let me know. Um, all right. So the... Next thing I want to talk about is just the DAO transition. Um, you know, all this talk about the community, and um, I know some of you are probably thinking, well, this is DeFi, where's the DAO? You know, when are we going to see a more mature DAO? Um, I can tell you that we've been talking extensively, uh, you know, with the project team, with the moderators, um, and looking at uh, trying to formulate a roadmap and a decision, a decision, you know, path that, um, we will engage you guys in. This isn't something obviously that we're going to design all ourselves. This is going to be a community uh, uh, developed DAO um, that, that we want to work, you know, to implement. 
Um, but to get those initial foundational documents that we, we all want to go and, and, and review and start to start a dialogue on, that's, uh, you know, that's coming soon. That's going to be a post-V3 uh, discussion and, and definitely a theme of uh, the V3 uh, new era, era three. Um, all right. And for the final two things, we're going to talk the Halloween events and the community participation events, the end of era uh, prizes that we had. So first thing, let me say thanks for the uh, Halloween contributions. I think we had some really interesting art, some really interesting costumes. Thank you for the reminder of those uh, just terribly frightening costumes I used to wear as a kid uh, 20, 30 years ago. Um, so uh, according to the community votes, uh, the number one carving, that goes to Abutino. Um, so congratulations, sir. You earned yourself some Yaxis. Um, the best artwork uh, goes to Finn K. Um, that bull actually is fantastic, sir. That's, uh, I, re I really enjoy that. Uh, the best decorations go to SRA1. And then the best costume, which was really quite clever. If you guys haven't seen it in the chat, it's actually one of my favorite costumes I've seen this year. Uh, very well done, and it looks handmade. Um, to Sergei Popovici, I apologize if I said that wrong. So to all of you guys, congratulations. We will DM you. Um, and coordinate the uh, y-axis that you earned as a prize. Um, now to the community participation. Um, so let me preface this by saying it is not easy. Um, you know, crypto is never easy, right? It's always an adventure. You have good days, you have bad days, you have long days. Um, is, so we wanted to reward people that through thick and thin uh, have been participating, have been active, uh, have, have demonstrated a show of support, um, and, and stuck through it all um, as we're about to release V3. And so we have five awards we want to give. Um, first, uh, the most active community member. So I went and I looked at, okay, who's active um, and, and who's, who's, who's interacted the most on Discord, right? Um, who's posted the most? Zemus, uh, congratulations, sir. You have uh, posted way too much. I'm actually kind of concerned. You might need to take a break, sir. Um, most memes is the second one. We all need to laugh sometimes. That goes to BB45. Uh, thank you for uh, posting three times more memes than anyone else. Um, now I want to note the what, this one's kind of a little bit subjective, right? What we what we thought was, hey, who who really came out and did a very cool show of support? Who did something that kind of stood out to us? And Irish Pride one in. Uh, had his son go to a temple and give a, a little prayer to Y-axis. I thought it was simultaneously very cute and, and, and actually really cool of you. Um, so we thought that stood out to us like, wow, really, really neat. Um, so you, sir, win uh, the, what I would say, is a cool show of support for, for the project. Um, now to the OG member, who is the oldest active member? Uh, going back to the very first week that Y-axis went live, uh, Amy Tools. So uh, thank you, Amy, uh, for, for, for sticking with us for over a year now. And then uh, our Yarherd biggest contributor. So who is asking the tough questions? Who is actively participating in Yarherd? And that is Abu Chino, um, his second prize for today. So um, to everyone, I just want to say a big thank you. Um, and, and again, to emphasize, this is very much community driven. This is, this is uh, the moderators, myself, working very hard. Um, to to bring something more to the community, um, um, 
in especially going into era three, where we expect uh, to see a, a nice influx of new members and a growing population. We want to um, continue to find new and interesting things that, that can, can engage you guys and engage the larger community to make YX is a fun place, not to just invest your money, but invest your time. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's it. And uh, I'll pass it back to you, Bobby. All right. Thanks a lot, Pappy, for, for filling us in. Um, congratulations to the winners. And yeah, I'm really psyched actually about the, the Y-axis metaverse that you're building there because um, I can see a ton of things that we can do there um, for the community. And especially as the DAO is going to become a really important part of um, era three and then era four, of course, um, it's a great way to both engage people and also to kind of define roles within the metaverse as well and play lots of different games and award prizes and stuff like that. So, um, you know, even hold meetings or events there. Uh, there's so much we can do with it. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's, it's down to me to drop a little bit of alpha now. Let's talk alpha. So one of the new features that we're going to be introducing in V3 is the lending and borrowing of funds. So lending is, is of course, like a, a super popular financial service, especially in DeFi. Um, what we're going to do is to have loans based on a collateralized debt position, a CDP. Um, there's several lenders, uh, of course, out there. Um, you know, we've got Maker and Sushi. Alchemix, uh, Abracadabra is doing well. There's a recently launched one called Moki, um, and they've certainly validated the market and, and shown the type of users that are out there wanting to use it. Um, so I think that the implementation that we've got um, combines the best elements of them all, and it aligns with our vision of making DeFi easy. Um, but it is limited to working just within Y-axis as an integrated feature rather than being a standalone platform with a, a huge scope attached to it. So why are we going to do that one? Well, um, what we've seen is that Vault Capital is pretty mercenary. They come in, they farm, they dump, and they move on to the next project. Uh, and that's not good for us, right? Um, so trying to attract that TVL through giving out lots and lots of emissions just ends up hurting the, the token price in the project. So what we do want is to really uh, attract that sticky capital in. And there's, there's two ways to do that. The first is through doing a yield as a service, for example, uh, that Yearn Finance does. Uh, so that's how Yearn is able to have $500 million TVL in a USDC vault with 4 or 5% APY. It's not because it's a really attractive return. It's because other platforms are plugging into it and using them as a Lego block. So the, that's one method. The, the second method for sticky capital, which is proving popular um, through these borrowing platforms, is by allowing people to um, lending out um, a chunk of stable coins to people that they can then play with elsewhere. Uh, and that's either to do more farming with, or that's to withdraw to fiat to buy a car or something, um, or just to um, you know to bet on Bitcoin or whatever. So uh, for that service, people are willing to lock up their collateral into a, a long-term, low-risk kind of vault, uh, and that effect effectively makes your sticky capital. So for, for them, they're basically borrowing years worth of their future yield gains. And for us, we get that sticky uh, sticky capital, which slowly then pays down the debt. Um, earns us fees until it unlocks their collateral. Um, so it's going to bring in lots of TVL to our vaults. Um, it will, like I said, be a revenue source for the DAO um, without needing to hand out emissions all the time. So it's a, it's a perfect partner that works with the yield aggregator in tandem. They both kind of complement each other. Um, you know, the more yield we can generate, the faster the loans are paid off. And then the more loans we can give out, the more TVL in our vaults and more fees that we're generating. Um, and the more fees we generate, of course, the more value, valuable VE axis becomes, um, which then starts a, a positive flywheel effect. 
Um, so alongside that, we'll of course need to have our own Y-axis stablecoin. We did a, a competition earlier to, to bring the names for that. Um, the winner's yet to be announced, but I've got a pretty pretty good idea of which it should be. Um, so the, the stablecoin will have to have an incentivized three curve pool to help trade between our stablecoin and the others, um, and also to help keep the peg. So we we'll want to have our stablecoin three curve pool added to the curve gauges in order to get a share of the CRV rewards, and then onto Convex to get CVX incentives as well. Um, and then we can use things like the bribe system to attract more rewards distributed towards us and make it an attractive thing to supply liquidity for us. So we're planning to start small. It'll just be like, for example, you know, $50 million available to, to be loaned out and we'll limit that. Um, that's to maintain the stability of the peg and to make sure we don't need too many emissions at first just to maintain it whilst we get loaded up onto Curve and Convex. So that's going to be our, our big major development focus after V3 goes live. Uh, the contracts are actually already finished and the UI is going to go into design and that should be finished uh, within a week and then we can actually start kind of implementing it. So it's actually going to happen fairly quickly, uh, which is really cool. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a fantastic value add to the platform. And like I said, to work alongside the yield aggregator. So that's your little alpha for the week and I hope you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I guess uh, on to the Q&A, Pappy, if you've got some in the channel. Hey, Bobby. So we have, uh, we have Misam is, is typing, so I want to wait and see if, uh, if they have a question. But it's a quiet week. You know, I think everyone's really excited about V3 and, and, and focused on that. And, and we really didn't get any, any uh, new questions this week that, you know, don't apply to V3. I think um, something else to say is that we've been working really hard on the terminology used for the gauges and uh and v3 because it's really confusing and there's been so many questions about it in the community of course and that's totally understandable and there's lots of questions from the team even as well you know it's not something that's really obvious to everyone so we've been trying to make sure that we are aligned internally so that when we write all the documents which go along with it and when we speak about it publicly we can make sure we're using the the simplest possible um, descriptions and terminology to, to not confuse people. Uh, if you look at Curves UI, it's, it's pretty horrendous. So we're trying to stay away from that um, and make sure that it's uh, quite an intuitive experience to people. Yeah, I would say if you've never visited the Curve uh, uh, website, I highly encourage you to because the, the, the user interface is uh, extremely interesting to say the least. Um, Okay, so so Misum's question, and it's a good one. So he's asking about the new lending features in the stablecoin, uh, which he said is awesome for Y-axis. Uh, will that need a separate audit? Actually, yeah. So we, we've already got it in review. So like I said, the contracts are finished. So we were using some of um, uh, some guys that were participating in C4. So they're having an initial look through to make sure it's fine. Um, it's essentially based off a fork. So that fork's already been audited as well. We've just made some changes to some of the, the way that it works. Um, so yeah, for sure, those things are, are best to be officially audited. And I think what we're probably planning to do is to do a mini competition using C4 again, because they were so fantastic before. Um, so rather than do a full um, weeks long competition with them, they also do a package where you can have like a, like a long weekend kind of thing and just uh, allowing people to plow into it. Um, so I think that's probably the best route, given the fact that you know most of the code has already been audited. Yeah, I think that the 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 C four stuff is actually probably some of the best value. I think the best investment that we've we've made. These guys have done such great work for us up until now. Um, 
So Broje asked a question. He said, sorry if, if I missed this. Uh, what will the stable coin be backed by vault deposits or algo? Uh, by vault by deposits. It's, so it's a collateralized deposition. So for us, we're planning to um, have a, an LTV of up to 85%. So if you deposit 100 um, of the of the collateral, you'll be able to borrow 85 stable coins off of that. Um, so it's also going to be an interest-bearing token which you deposit. Um, I'm trying to keep that quiet for now. Um, but yeah, it's an interest-bearing token as well, which allows us to um, more confidently raise the LTV up to up to 85%. All right, and then Misum came back. Uh, okay, so we got a few questions trickling in here. All right, so Misum said, very nice. So ballpark, when are we aiming for lending? Uh, or <laughs> he's already predicting X-axis is, is the name there, or X-axis to be live. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, like I said, the contracts are finished actually. Um, so we do want to do a mini review thing, and the whole UI for it needs to be built, but that's not necessarily such a big thing to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't want to get into dates and stuff, but it, it's not like it's going to take us three months or anything like this. It's going to be uh, a lot quicker and hopefully have it, you know, roughly like the middle of era three um, in like six weeks or two months. Some, you know, something roughly like that as a ballpark, but please don't hang me on that. <laughs> um, all right, so we have some more uh, good questions coming in. Uh, so Abu has a few here. So he's asking uh, a little bit more about the lending. So, and I'm just going to preface this by saying I think we may want to just maybe put together a little bit of an article on this at some point. But uh, is there any more that you can explain about how the lending works, the mechanics of it, uh, Bobby, or is that a little bit too much for this? Yeah, we'll type up something. We're just trying to introduce the concept during your head. Okay, sounds good. Um, all right. And yeah, actually, this is a good question. So when exploits happen, uh, do we also check, uh, and I think you're thinking probably recently of the, the cream exploit, for example, do we also check and look at whether we have those same vulnerabilities? For the cream hack? No, we don't have the same or just, I guess just generally, right, in general, is what he's asking. Or he's also, uh, you know, asking, is it, is it project-specific, as in are these due to maybe their code, their, their cream-specific code in this case, had a vulnerability that we, we probably wouldn't have because we're built differently? Yeah, I mean, this is why it's, it's really good to, to do the audit process to try and make sure that these loopholes don't exist. Um, but uh, I think, like, I, I saw someone comment earlier on it, that um, the problem with with DeFi is that some some uh, bad actors are exceptionally talented, right? So if uh, the developer that has created the code isn't isn't as good as that um, hacker, then sometimes they can see things which the developer didn't notice or doesn't know, um, and sometimes these things aren't revealed until later. But I think generally um, DeFi is getting a little bit stronger, um, just as people learn from each other's mistakes or people. Um, use the open source code to fork different features and uh, make sure their platforms are, are robust, essentially. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's of course something which is always a possibility and you need to keep on looking into your code, but it's uh, for sure important that you understand how your code works and to make sure that it has been audited rather than just forking something and releasing it um, without really understanding how it works, especially if you've made changes to it. Uh, so that's one reason why we'll certainly go back to C4 for our lending feature, because we have made just a few changes to it. So we want to make sure that doesn't have any kind of knock-on impacts to the code. All right. Thanks, Bobby. 
So I think we have two, maybe three more questions here. Um, the first one is from Abu, always with uh, you know very, very advanced questions. Uh, so there are several growing platforms for swapping floating to fixed. Uh, I give examples of strips, pendle, element. Um, and he asked if there's any thoughts on whether we would consider fixed APY. Um, no, not at this time. It's something that actually I was really pushing for when I first, um, when I, or actually before I, I joined the team uh, myself, um, this is like a year ago now, I was really pushing for, for fixed APY. Uh, I think it's something that is really good. Um, however, um, with that, you start to lose some of the transparency of the contracts when you start uh, guaranteeing people a certain amount uh, and not more. Uh, for us, we just handle the yield basically on and take a, a cut for ourselves. If you start limiting that back to a fixed amount, then um, things maybe aren't as transparent, which is not not really what we were going for initially. It's not really our vision. Um, but yeah, we can look to see how it's possible to implement that in the best possible way. Uh, I do definitely understand that people love the idea of a, of a fixed uh, APY. But for us, we also need to protect ourselves in the future because you could end up getting a lot, in a lot of trouble for that. Um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen to yields, yields inside a bear market, for example. And if you're signed up to guarantee someone uh, yield one way or another, you could end up completely destroying your own token value. So you do, do need to be careful about how that is or have at least some uh, disclaimers on top of that. Thanks, Bobby. Um, all right, last two questions. Uh, the first one is, uh, how difficult is the implementation of another DEX uh, LP derivative token in the future? How, I mean, how difficult is it? It's not really what we do to have a, we're not looking to, to build a DEX, if I understand the, the question correctly. Um, or if you're talking about um, introducing like a, a Sushi LP, if that's, if that's what the question is, um, then yeah, we're, it's something that we've been thinking about for a long time to, to run a Sushi LP, um, just to have, and especially now that we're moving towards um, convex-based pools, uh, which also would benefit from having a Sushi LP. Um, at the moment, we do our harvest. Um, we've had to amend our harvest function to to go through sushi as well. And yeah, I mean, maybe it's something we can think about in the future. Some of the team, when we were talking about it, pushed back on the idea because um, they thought it might be uh, a waste of tokens. You need to either choose sushi or Uniswap, for example. Um, for me, I was open to doing both, but uh, I got talked out of, out of the idea um, in you know in uh, view to kind of save save tokens overall, but. Yeah, it's something that's still in my mind. I think a lot of projects do run two different LPs, uh, and it can be successful uh, as long as you don't end up just you know just giving out tokens just for the sake of it. As long as it's actually adding value to the project, then that's fine. Yeah, it actually sounds like that might be a good topic for a future uh, uh, DAO discussion. Um, and then his final question. So regarding the the lending feature, I know this is just newly announced. So if you don't have an answer, I think that's okay, right? But um, uh, Kexpone is asking where the feeds uh, for that are coming from if it's using Chainlink. Yeah, from from two ways. So when people um, take out a loan, we'll add on 0.5% to their debt position. Um, so that 0.5% will um, either be going into the into the liquidity pool so that we slowly um, own the, the liquidity. I think that's a really cool thing to do. Um, but we could also use that just to, um, you know, to go back into VE access and provide uh, more value for VE access holders. The second um, source of rev revenue is just from the performance fees and the vaults. So 
um, if all that TVL is coming in via the collateral, right, for people that are using the lending feature, that's going into our vaults and then we're keeping the performance fee from that as well. Um, so it's a way for us to earn a performance fee without giving out lots of tokens. So it's a win-win for us. All right. And uh, Kexbone said, cool, thank you. Um, and that, with that, Bobby, that is the last of our questions. So I'll pass it back to you. All right, cool. Um, so yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this week. It's um, pretty cool. We're coming up towards the end of the, of the era and V3 is on the, on the horizon now. So yeah, thanks again for people sticking with us. Um, we're going to type up something about the lending feature for sure. Um, feel free to reach out to me or ask in the general about it as well. Um, we've made basically four key changes, um, which are, I think are improvements over what has been done before. They're not necessarily unique, but just a unique combination of things which should make it uh, an attractive platform to have uh, and a positive for us as a, as a platform. So yeah, thanks again for joining us, everyone. And uh, I guess I'll hand off to Mr. who's going to kick off the radio. Yeah, thanks, everyone. We'll turn, turn the radio back on. Uh, feel free to hang out for a little bit, but thanks for joining. Um, I did want to say one quick announcement um, before we go. Um, the coins and the merch are ready. We just need to understand how much information folks are willing to share um, because we will be shipping this stuff out, mailing address, stuff like that. Um, so keep an eye out for that. But happy Friday, y'all. Thanks for joining. See you next week.